Go with me please to Galatians, the third chapter, and let's continue in some things that we've been looking at for the past few weeks. Galatians chapter 3, such a rich, rich passage of scripture. Do you agree? Oh, it's just, it's amazingly wonderful. And um, in verse 6, it says, as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Are you of faith? Then are you also a child of Abraham? Yes, you are. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. Abraham heard the gospel before there were the Ten Commandments. And here uh, the Bible calls the gospel the message about the blessing. Well, is the blessing good news? The best news. It says, so then, they which be of faith are blessed. Are what? Is he talking about blessing in this passage? Blessed with faithful Abraham. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about faith. He's talking about blessing. For as many as are of of the works of the law are under the curse. Now he talks about the, the opposite of the blessing, the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that does them shall live in them. Then he says, Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Did he hang on the tree? The cross. Wood comes from the tree. Now he redeemed us from the curse of the law, verse 14, that, or in order that, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, there's faith again, through faith. Oh, somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Verse 26, skip down to verse 26. It says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, are you? Are you? Then are you what? 
Abraham's seed and what? Heirs according to the promise. What was the promise? The blessing. The blessing. I think we're going to read it here in just a moment. Review it and go over it. Now, something important to note. You, you, You hear sometimes people talking about Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. And uh, you'd almost think that there's a different God in the Old Testament than in the New. But God does not change. Doesn't need to. He has not changed. And all the basic truths haven't changed or not going to change. Life and death are still life and death. Blessing and cursing are still blessing and cursing. These things have not changed. They're not going to change. What has changed is our covenant with him. And the big thing that he's talking about in this passage of chapter 3, what has changed is how we are made righteous. Can you see this? We're not made righteous being delivered from the curse and qualified for the blessing by our obedience to the law and the statutes and ordinances. We are made free from the curse of the law because Jesus set us free from the curse of the law. We're qualified for the blessing because he qualified us and gave us the blessing. Our part is faith. To believe that he has done this. To receive what he has done. And to confess it. And to live like it. Can you say amen? Thanks be to God. Who has redeemed us. Come on somebody said out loud. Christ. Has redeemed me. From the curse of the law. So that. The blessing of Abraham Abraham might come on me, me. redeemed from the curse, qualified for the blessing. Jesus has done this for us. Are you thankful to your master for doing this for us? Well, if he did this for us, we should not have the curse in our life. And we should have the blessing in our life. But uh, it's not all up to him. The, The believing is our part. The receiving is our part. Thank you, Lord. Look with me in Isaiah, the fifth chapter. Let's review just a little bit. Touch on some things here. God hasn't changed. The blessing hasn't changed. The curse hasn't changed. Good and evil hasn't changed. Right and wrong hasn't changed. Are you with me? These things have not changed. They're the same today as they were in Moses' time, as they were in Abraham's time. They're the same. What has changed is how We are made righteous. That's what has changed. 
But the other, it's not like when Jesus came that the curse ceased being in the earth. It's still here. And when God releases things, they are mighty and they are perpetual. When, when he released light, he doesn't have to stoke it every day. It's still going. When he created gravity, it's still going. And like we mentioned, he illustrated it so perfectly by having part of the leaders stand on one mountain and part of the leaders stand on the other mountain and on Mount, uh, what was it, Ebal? They pronounced the curse. What was the other mountain? Help me out. Gerizim, that's right. They pronounced the blessing. And uh, it depended on which one you were on as to which one you're talking about, as to which one you're a part of. And so the curse is in the earth. And it'll manifest, and death is in the earth, and evil is in the earth, and it's manifesting everywhere it can. It'll manifest in your life too. If you don't stand up against it, and the blessing is still here. Hallelujah. When God released the blessing in Genesis 1, and when he released the blessing on Abraham, that blessing is still here. That blessing is still here for those that will connect with it. Fear, rebellion, ignorance, darkness connects to the curse. And there's death in the curse. But faith, obedience, connects to the blessing. And there's life in the blessing. And a good place to start is right here. I've been redeemed. Didn't the Bible say, let the redeemed of the Lord say it, say so? Come on, say it out loud. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And the blessing of Abraham is mine. What is a blessing? Go back to Genesis. The best definitions you will ever get of Bible things and Bible words is guess where? In the Bible. <laughs> you can't do any better than that. Genesis 1. Now what I mean by that is uh, you can get all technical in your original word dictionaries and, and, and I'm, I'm not knocking that. But you can get bogged down in technicality, whereas if you'll look how the word is used in other places in the Bible, you'll get not a technical idea, you'll get the spirit of it. And if the Holy Spirit said something in the Old Testament and is quoted in the New Testament, then he knew what he was talking about when he said it. Let the word define the word. That's what the Bible talks about, rightly dividing the word of truth. How do you divide scripture by other scripture? They have to agree. If your understanding of it is correct, they do agree. And anybody that says, oh, those scriptures don't agree, they just revealed something they don't know. No such thing as the scriptures don't agree. 
just ignorant, confused folks. It's the truth. If you'll grow, come on, have any of you read something and you thought, well, I don't understand. That seems like that contradicts this. And maybe a few months later, a few years later, decades later, you said, you said oh, that's what, well, there's no conflict there. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> just something you didn't know. Just something you didn't see. Genesis chapter 1. Now, there's significance that these are some of the first words we see in the Bible. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created, you know, all the animals and and all the plants, and he kept saying that it's good. Everybody say good. good. You know, God doesn't create bad stuff. He creates good stuff. Uh, you know, Ecclesiastes says, says this. It says, uh, God made man good, but they have sought out many inventions. Did you know God didn't create the devil the devil? If you read Isaiah and Ezekiel and other places, it said uh, Lucifer was perfect in all his ways. Well, if God made him until iniquity was found in him. He used what God created and gave him to twist and pervert it into something bad. And, and you hear a lot of people talking about, you know, that they're, they're mixed up and, and, and messed up in a lot of ways and, and doing a lot of bad things and bad stuff in their life and hollering about God made them that way. You know, God didn't make you a liar. He didn't make you rebellious. People say, well, that's just, you know, that's my, uh, my personality. That's how God made me. Oh, no, honey child, no. No. You cannot blame all your goofy, twisted ways on God. No. People try to. But it's just not true. The word wicked is like the word wicker. Twisted. And so when you see bad things, uh, you know, the, the devil and his bunch are not, don't have the creative powers like God. Right. They're fallen angels. Right. All they can do is mess stuff up. Right. Twist it. Pervert it. Distort it. But God, yeah. the almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, when he makes something, he looks at it and he goes, that is good if I did make it myself. That's, that's good stuff right there. And sometimes he has to back up and go, oh, that's very good. That's very, whoo. How many understand when God says it's very good? The good needle is pegged. How good is it? It's more good than you know. But uh, when he made man... In the 22nd verse, notice this. And God blessed them. Let me get this picture. He made them. And then he blessed them. And said, be fruitful and multiply. Now this is all the living creatures. Winged creatures and all the living creatures. He blessed them. We're talking about what a blessing is. 
And he released it by saying. He blessed them by saying what? Be. Oh, that word. Be. When God says be, miracles happen. Do you understand? You know, the King James says, he said, let there be light. But that's King James. Really, you could say it like this probably more accurately. Light be. Or light become. Become. Who? Be. So blessing is released through words often accompanied with be. Be what? Fruitful and multiply. Now God used this phrase way back then. You'll see him use it, I don't know, at least a half a dozen different times in these chapters here. You see it often in Genesis. You see it in other places where he, he, he said this to the, his animal and plant kingdom. He said it to Adam and Eve. He said it to Abraham. Uh, he said, excuse me, I got to back up. He said it to Noah. He said the same phrase. Be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. These words should be big to us. How many understand he said light be we still got light. Is that right? I wonder what about this? When, when the Lord said, be fruitful and multiply. This is why you ate today. What do you mean? There'd be no crops. There'd be no animals. There'd be no fish. There'd be no fruit. There'd be no vegetables. These things just keep on Bearing fruit. Don't they? And multiplying. Why? Because God released something. When he said that. He released life. He released creative power. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And anybody that will connect with it. Will experience. The fruitfulness. And the increase. Hallelujah. <laughs> now this is some of the same thing God told Abraham and his descendants after him. He spoke this kind of thing to Isaac. He spoke this kind of thing to Jacob. The same kind of thing. And the exciting thing about it is the New Testament says that now you are an heir of Abraham. And you have inherited the blessing. That God spoke over him. Somebody say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Blessing has to do with life. And it has to do with creative power. It has to do with fruitfulness. God's big on fruitfulness. And it has to do with increase. And God doesn't just add he also multiplies. <laughs> I mean, Stan, you start multiplying, you can get to some big numbers pretty quick. <laughs> How many birds are there in the world? That's multiplication. How many fish are there in the sea? We have no idea. 
That's multiplication. How many trees? How many plants? And there used to be two human beings on the whole planet. Now they tell us what? It's approaching eight billion? Billion? There used to be two. Two. (laughs) How did we get to eight billion? Or seven point whatever billion. Billion. That's a lot. Billion. Not million. Billion. How did we get there? Fruitfulness and multiplying. You can't produce without fruitfulness. And you're not going to see much of a, an increase without multiplicity. And God has released from his insides through his faith-filled words and blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. That still belongs to every one of us. And not just literally physically, that still applies, but now as the body of Christ, we who have received the new birth, we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. There's supposed to be other new births. Is it true? In fact, the Bible said in the book of James that the Lord is very patient. What's he waiting on? The Bible said he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. What? Believers. He wants more believers before he comes back. If he came back today, that'd be it. But wonder how many more believers could be produced in another 50 years or another 100 years. So the Lord is big on fruitfulness and multiplying and increase. Do you believe it? That's what blessing is. Skip on down to verse, uh, let's see, 27. God created man. In his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God did what? He did what? He must have thought this was important. After all he had done, after all he had invested in their creation and uh, enabling. Yet, now he does something else. He blessed them. Somebody say he blessed them. He he blessed them. How did he do it? He said to them. Well, it worked real good last time. No need change. Is that right? They don't need change anything. <laughs> I understand. If there would have been a better way to say it, he'd have said it the first time. <laughs> what did he say? Be fruitful. Now he's talking to human beings. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish. What do you mean replenish? Well, there must have been something here before this. Where did dinosaurs come from? Something's going on here. So what about all that? Well, you didn't need to know. Because this is where the story starts. If you'd have needed to know, 
That'd be something prior to Genesis 1. But there's nothing there. Why? Because none of None of your business. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And that won't help you live today at all. <laughs> you forget about that. You'll find out more as we go along. And we'll find out a whole lot of things when the Lord wraps all this up. But we need to focus on what we're doing right now. And the Lord has commanded a blessing on us. And this blessing is our empowerment and enablement to be and to do what we're supposed to be and do in our short little life. We couldn't do it without this divine empowerment and ability. But we're not on our own. Oh, somebody say, I'm not on my own. We're not on our own. He gave us his spirit. He gave us his name. He gave us his word. He gave us authority. And he gave us the blessing. Most church going people don't know it or don't know much about it. It's just a, you know, scholastic idea to them. It needs to be a living reality. It needs to be experiential. And one thing that's going to help us get from it being on the page to experiencing it is getting it in our mouth. Getting it in our mouth, getting it in our, on our mind. What would hurt you every day to say, the blessing is on me. The blessing of Abraham is in my life. It's on me. And I'm redeemed from the curse. The curse is down here. It's doing terrible stuff everywhere. But I'm redeemed. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I think I'd have preached this just to myself. <laughs> Praise God. In the eighth chapter, let's skip over there. I mentioned it to you, but it won't hurt you to put your eyes on it. In the eighth chapter, after the great flood, 8 and 15, 8 15 of Genesis, God spoke to Noah and he said, Go forth of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Now there's only eight human beings on the planet. You know, now this really throws a rich in racism. <laughs> How can there be racism if we all came from Adam and Eve and we all came from Noah? And his people. So how do you explain difference in, in skin color and hair texture and this and that? Changes from environment and climate and all kind of things. But we come from the same parents. If you don't believe that, you don't believe the Bible. And the truth is, there is no such thing as race. I know that's a big statement. But Try answering this one question. How many races are there? According to common thinking. I've studied it a little bit. The number ranges from 3 to 32. <laughs> yeah. Race is a fabrication of human beings. And modern, the modern concept of race 
the different races has its strong roots in German Nazism and other things that are not right and not good. The truth is there are no different races of human beings. Having different skin tone and hair texture does not make you a different category of human being. And if you trace it back to the the other part of, of the race thing is Darwinism. Believing that we came from single cell organisms in the ocean and that all our parents are apes. We come from apes. Now if you believe that, you'd have to believe in superior and inferior human being, subspecies. That's ugly. And it's a lie. I said it's a lie. There was a time when there were two human beings <laughs> on the planet. Mama Eve and Papa Adam. <laughs> and every human being on the planet has come from them. After the flood, it started over with Noah and his sons and daughters-in-law. And um, we all come from them. That's a fact. <laughs> what did the Lord say to, to Noah? He said, verse 17, Bring forth with you every living thing that's with you of all the flesh, both the fowl, the cattle, of every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, and they, that they may breed abundantly in the earth. And what? And what? Be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Somebody say, be fruitful and multiply. On the earth. Who's that for? Well, it was originally spoken for everybody. Then it was spoken, you know, it was spoken to Adam and Eve and everybody they would, that it would ever come from them. Then it was spoken specifically to Noah and his family. Of course, that's where all the modern folks have come from them. But go to Genesis 12 and see some of the specifics of the blessing God personally spoke to Abraham. Because this is what the Master said through the Holy Spirit in Galatians that you and I now have. And really it's all tied together. You could use the term the blessing. Because the blessing comes from the blesser. Not from anywhere else. It comes from him. In uh, Genesis 12, are you there? Now, why are we reading in Genesis? This is Old Testament. Does it have anything to do with us? Well, does Galatians have anything to do with us? Well, did the Holy Spirit say something in Galatians that connects to this? Exactly. In Genesis 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. Environment is very important. And I'm just talking about geographical or political or economic. I'm talking about spiritual. 
spiritual environment. Who you're around spiritually is one of the biggest factors in your life. Because you are being influenced. And you are influencing. And God has a plan and has made connections in the body. We're not just supposed to pick where we think we want to be in the body. God has placed every member in the body as it has pleased them. Am I quoting scripture? So if you're supposed to be in the wrist connected to the hand, it's not okay for you to get miffed about something and go try to join the ankle part of the body. Now maybe they'll let you in, but you're not going to like it. And they're going to be frustrated with you too. Because all you want to talk about is wrist stuff. Is that right? And how great the wrist is. What all the wrist can do. Wrist anointings. and Wrist revelation. And what do they want to talk about? Ankle. Ankle. <laughs> right? <laughs> is it important that you find where you're supposed to be? And that you stay hooked? where you're supposed to be. So he told him basically come out of the influences you grew up with and I'm going to put you in a different environment. And uh, verse 2, and I will make of you a great nation and I will what? Bless you. And make your name great. Did you know that God Wants people to know how blessed you are. Right. Talk about you. He wants people around you in the world you live in to notice the good things He's doing in your life. The result of the blessing, the fruitfulness, and the increase. I will bless you, I'll make your name great. Why? Because it's a reflection on him. People say, well, I don't want anybody to notice me. Actually, you do. You want them to notice God in you and on you. If they start to focus too much on you, then you need to remind them it came from him. Right? But there'll be, there won't even be a conversation about it if they never notice you. I'll bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Now this, this is another level. You got being blessed and you got blessing. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. This is one of the big purposes of believing for abundance. People want to fuss about it and fight and write ugly letters and and you know somebody I saw the other day a church had done some things for some people in need and some people were saying now this is what churches should be doing not buying buildings not doing sound systems and that kind of thing this is what they should be doing and that's dumb what do you mean if there was no church there's no money to give to anybody how did the church get there? Can you see the deception? The delusion? Well, they should take all that money from where? How did the church get there? 
If we'd have done what you said, there would have never been a building. There would have never been a sound system. There would never been any services, never been any offerings, never been any church, never been any money to give to anybody. Such delusion. <laughs> I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Oh, glory to God. Here's another part to your confession. I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham, and I am a blessing. <laughs> I am a blessing. You can't give if you don't have anything to give. Such as you have, that's what you give. You minister what you have out of what you have. And the more blessing you're experiencing in your life, that's the more blessing you can administer to others. And all this stuff about not having anything is either just not understanding or being lazy. Sure, it's easier to just you know, have your minimum stuff that you need to survive and not think about anybody else. But the Lord's plan is that you walk so much in this blessing that you have overflow. And your ministry is out of your overflow. Your overflow is the expansion of ministry. Now, if you don't have much, you can give some of what you have, but you can't give much. Oh, but when you're overflowing. Oh, somebody say overflowing. When you, you, you got more than enough, more than enough, then you're able to minister of the bounty you've received. And it's more blessed to give. It's blessed to receive, but it's more blessed. It's another level of blessed to give. Oh, praise God. Praise God. We use the phrase a lot, but you don't want it to just be a catchphrase, blessed to be a blessing. You've got to watch about just using that phrase. It means something. It means we are empowered, enabled to bear a lot of fruit and a lot of increase. And then as the Spirit directs, we minister that to others. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. This is specifically the blessing God spoke to Abraham. What's the big thing about this? According to Galatians 3, it's ours. This is mine. This is mine. And I'll bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. You know, you should treat us nice. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is prophetic and it refers specifically to Jesus. Galatians goes into detail about Abraham's seed. And though you don't see it exactly in the King James, the Holy Spirit gave additional utterance to explain that Abraham's seed is singular, not plural, not Abraham's seeds. Somebody said, well, I thought we're Abraham's seed. Give me just a minute. I'm getting there. 
This, though, is referring to one individual. Jesus. Hallelujah. In you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Who's that talking about? That's talking about the master. The descendant. Singular. Of Abraham. Jesus. The Messiah. And now though. The Bible tells us because of our faith in him. Now we also. Are the seed of Abraham. We've been born again. We have become also. The seed of Abraham. And are redeemed from the curse of the law. And are heirs. According to the promise. This is the promise. Hallelujah. We're blessed. And in Deuteronomy, it goes into some detail. that This is connected. It's all connected back to Genesis 1 and 12 and Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. God released it way back there. And it's still here for those that will connect to it. And faith is the blessing connector. (laughs) Go to Deuteronomy 28 and remind yourself of how blessed you are. Deuteronomy 28. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Deuteronomy 28, and we begin in verse 1. Like I said, this is also in Leviticus 26. So if you want to do a little bit more thorough study on it, read that sometime and see how it goes with Deuteronomy 28. It was a previous reference to these things. In the 28th chapter, verse 1, it'll come to pass. If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. Now let's just stop right there. God hasn't changed. Good and evil hadn't changed. Life and death hadn't changed. Blessing and cursing hadn't changed. Tell me what has changed from this. Our covenant and specifically how we are righteous. At this time You were righteous if you kept all the commandments and decrees and statutes. And Galatians said, everybody fell short. So much so, Jesus had to come do it for us. But he did. I said he did. He did it for us. He became a curse in our place. Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. He did. He became, 2 Corinthians 5 says, sin. With our sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God's the same. Blessings the same. Curses the same. Right and wrong is the same. Good and evil is the same. Life and death is the same. The same. The same. Since Genesis. None of that's changed. What has changed? It's how you and I qualify for the blessing and to be free from the curse. He has made us different from we earned it. Somebody say, he made us. 
righteous. Made me righteous. He made me holy. He made me clean. The King James New Testament uses the word meat. He made us meat. That means M-E-E-T. It means he made you fit. He made you able. He qualified you. Hallelujah. As though you had always kept the law perfectly and every statute and every ordinance and never made a mistake and never messed up. And so you deserve no curse and you deserve all the blessing. (laughs) We'd have never got there on our own. Nobody before Jesus ever got there on their own. But he did it. I said he did it. He walked in perfect obedience. Never sinned. Only one who's done that. Never sinned. So he deserved no punishment. He certainly didn't deserve to hang on a tree like a cursed one. And yet, he voluntarily did it as our substitute. Took our place, became a curse for us, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through our faith. Our faith. Our faith is how we receive it. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. I want to camp on that word just a little bit longer. Go to Proverbs, the 10th chapter. Maybe hold your place in Deuteronomy if you can. But uh, Proverbs 10 and 22. A lot of you know this, but I want to draw your attention to something about this. God hasn't changed. The blessing hasn't changed. Curse hasn't changed. Good and evil hasn't changed. Truth and lies haven't changed. That's all the same. What has changed? How we qualify for the blessing and get exempted from the curse. How we, how we become righteous in God's eyes. How did we become righteous in his eyes? Put, put on the screen 2 Corinthians 5.21. Don't turn there. Just hold your place there. 2 Corinthians 5.21. What does it say? He, God, has made him, Jesus, sin for us. He didn't just sympathize or empathize with our sins. He literally became sin for us. Who knew no sin? He, he didn't commit any sin. Why? Why did he do that? So that we might be what? 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 Made. Made. The righteousness of God in him. When you believed on Jesus, the Holy Spirit made you a new creation. And what most of the church world has never understood is that when he made you a new creation, he made you a righteous, completely righteous new creation, deserving no curse and qualified for the blessing. You didn't earn one bit of it, but he made you. Jesus, the Christ, has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, 
Redemption. What does that mean? He made you right. He made you clean. He made you holy. Made. Made. I didn't earn it. Didn't deserve it. Didn't work for it. Didn't attain to it through effort. I believed on him. I received by faith what he did for me. And the Holy Spirit made me. A new creation. Made me. Oh, come on, come on, come on. What happened when you became a new creator? We need to back up. In verse 17, the same passage right here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, what does it say? If any man be in Christ, how'd you get in Christ? You heard the word. You heard the gospel. You heard about what Jesus did for you. Whether you understood a fraction of it or not, you heard about him hanging on the cross, taking your place. You heard about it. And you didn't just hear about it. In your heart, you believed it. You believed it. You received it. You, you bowed your heart, maybe your knee before him. You confessed Jesus as Lord of your life. And something happened. Something happened. Not on the outside. It affected you outside, but it happened on the inside of you where you can't see. What happened? Any man being Christ, he's a new, King James says creature, we might say creation. He's a new creation. Old things passed away. That didn't happen on the outside. Yeah, but it happened on the inside. All things are become new, not on the outside. Yeah, but it did on the inside. You were not healed spiritually. You were recreated. You were not fixed spiritually. You're a new creation that didn't exist before. The old man, pre-receiving salvation, is gone. Gone. You're not patched up. You're not an improved version. People say, well, I'm a work in progress. Not in this regard. Now, your head, that's another deal. Yeah. 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 Your head, your understanding, all of your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. But not in the hidden man of the heart. No. New creation. Oh, somebody said new creation. And it happened, verse 21 said, he became sin with our sin that we might be made. Did you hear that word, made? Now in, in Proverbs, 10th chapter, 22nd verse, notice, see if this looks familiar to you. Proverbs 10, 22. 10, 22. The what? Blessing. The blessing of the Lord. It what? Maketh. Makes. That's creative power. The blessing of the Lord does what? Makes. Let me let me say a different word. Fruitful and multiplying. That's how you get rich. Let's say you start a business. Let's say you invest in something and it goes. It's fruitful. It produces. 
And then it multiplies and you have 35 branches. That's how you become rich. Rich. It's fruitful. It works. It produces. And that's not the end of it. It also multiplies. 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 Spiritually, it's exactly the same way. Faith Life Church used to be Phyllis and I and our staff. Now it's multiplied. Now there's Faith Life Sarasota too. Now there's Faith Life International. Come on, can you see that? Now there's Word Supply. Now there's Faith School. Believers in Sarasota, believers online, believers in other places. We have been fruitful and we've multiplied. What's God's will for 2020? More fruitfulness and more multiplication. The curse should have no place in our life. The curse is death. I can't work for God like I'm supposed to with my body riddled with disease. I can't do for God what I'm supposed to with no money to even pay the electric bill at the church. These are lies that the enemy's feeding the church. That there's some kind of inherent, you know, godliness about being broke and, and doing with less and doing with less. Lies. Lies. Well, I guess, you know, I'm going through some hard times and I've really been hurting. But I guess, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. No, you're believing a lie. A blessing is a blessing. Always a blessing. Always will be a blessing. A curse is a curse. It's evil. It's bad. It's death. God is not using curses to bless his people with or to develop their piety. These are lies. These are lies. You'll become hopelessly confused if you try to hold on to all that junk. It's real simple. God's a good God. I said he's a good God. What's his will? Good things. Good stuff. What kind of plans he got for you? Good plan. Right? (laughs) What's his will for you? Blessing or cursing? Oh dear me, it's akin to blasphemy to imply that Jesus came so that you could be cursed. What's he doing on the cross? What's happening there? He's becoming a curse for you so that then you can have the curse in your life? No. No. These are lies, distortions, deceptions of the evil one. Nope. Nope. I'm blessed. And I'm an heir to the blessing of Abraham himself, the friend of God. What did that blessing do for him? In his life. He had a long life. What did that blessing do for him? Well, I mean, just the next chapter, it says he was very rich. And you can't just hyper-spiritualize it in cows and gold, silver, camels, goats, donkeys. Not just rich, very rich. Now, let's just stop right here. Look at Proverbs 10 again. 
How did that happen in Abraham's life? The blessing made him rich. Come on, can you see that? The blessing did that. Not only that, was he protected? Oh, dear me. He and Sarah had to be protected multiple times from kings, from other things. At one point, he took his friends and his neighbors and went and fought an army. And God let them defeat them. (laughs) Made them victorious. I mean, this thing after thing, he was kept, he was protected, he was prospered, he had favor, he was very rich. Why? The blessing of the Lord made him that way. It's the be power. Be fruitful. Be increased. Multiply. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The NIV, Proverbs 10, 22. The NIV says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth. This is Proverbs 10, 22, NIV. And he adds no trouble to it. How you like that? The NIV reader's version says trouble doesn't come with it. There's no fine print where God slips some bad stuff in with the blessing. And you really, really like the blessing, but there's some other junk comes with it, but you just have to have to deal with it because it's a package deal. No. No. God is light. And in him is how much darkness? How much? The literal says not even any. No darkness at all. Not even any. No. The Bible says in the today's NIV it says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Without. See there's two things you can rely on. You can rely on on uh, two, two directions, I should say. You can rely on your brawn to make you wealthy. You can try to get three jobs and, and work night and day. How many know there's a lot of people have worked hard for decades and are broke? Now, you're supposed to work, and, and diligence is a great thing, but it will not assure that you have plenty in abundance. You can work hard all your life and have nothing. People think, you know, it's their brain. I'm smart. I'm smarter than the average guy. I'm smarter. A lot of times you're just talking about being shifty. <laughs> Cunning. <laughs> conniving. God can't be involved in that. You lying and trying to do shady deals. But there's something else that'll make you. Make you. Make <laughs> you. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you. There's power in these things. These are not just additive things to our life. These are creative forces that came right out of God himself. Hallelujah. And if you connect to it, it will make you something else. It made you a righteous new creature. It'll make you free. It'll make you rich. (laughs) Now rich is not a dollar amount. That varies. But rich is always having all sufficiency in all things. And abounding to every good work. That's rich. Rich. 
Not just rich in stuff, rich in God, rich in joy, rich in peace, rich in family, rich, rich in your church, rich in the ministry, rich. That's a God word. The blessing of Abraham made him rich. Made him rich. Tell me the good news about that. <laughs> that same blessing is mine. It's mine. That blessing belonged not to just Abraham, but to his seed. Singular. Sure, it blessed his seed, plural. Isaac and Jacob and those guys, sure it did, but the prophecy referred to a singular seed. And that was and is Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. And Jesus completely qualified for all the blessing, didn't he? And to be free from any curse, but he substituted himself in our place and took what we deserve, the curse, to give us what we didn't deserve, the blessing, to anybody that would believe on him, anybody that would receive him, anybody that would say, I believe it, I believe it, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And any time the curse or part of it tries to show up, you say, no, you don't. No, you don't. I'm redeemed. You can't do that here. I resist you in Jesus' name. And anything we find out is a blessing, we go, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. If Abraham could have it, I can have it. Why? It's mine. It's the same blessing. It makes me fruitful. It multiplies every good thing in my life. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Fruitful. Fruitful. Multiplying. The blessing of Abraham is mine. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just, just thank you for just a moment. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Go back to Deuteronomy 28. Let me take just a moment and uh, not skip this. Now, last week... We dealt with the diseases and sickness that's in the curse of the law. And the great thing we found out, if you can find it in the curse, then there's no way it's God's will for you to have it. And according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed you from it. Let's look at a couple of the other things, though, on the blessing in the front part here. Deuteronomy 28. Are you there? It'll come to pass if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. And we got that far and we talked about how we qualify today instead of technically keeping the law. But yet, blessing, curse, all that's unchanged. God's unchanged. He said that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Is it God's plan for everybody to be equal? No. If you don't believe in him, you don't serve him, you shouldn't be the head. 
I know that's not politically correct, but did I read it right here or not? The Lord will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. If you skip down to verse 15 and read the rest of the chapter, for people who rebel against him, that the opposite is true. They won't be set on high. Everybody will be over them. Verse 2, keep going. And all these, these what? These, these life empowerments, these things that make fruitful and multiply, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. This, this is a strong word. Gravity will overtake you. It's holding your little self on the planet right now. Light will overtake you. God's forces are so powerful. And they, they, just, they just keep perpetuating. They just keep going on and on and on. Anybody remember the 23rd Psalm? And the last, what's the last verse? Anybody remember that? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now see, this is not something that just happens once in a while in a great meeting or when you prayed real strong. All the days of your life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord longer than that. This is beyond all the days of my life forever. I looked up that phrase again in the literal where it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I think if we can put up Young's literal, put that up. I think that's the one I saw. Yeah. Only goodness and kindness pursue me. Now see, that's different. In our thinking, follow means it's back there somewhere. Right? Coming along, tagging along. No, it's after you. <laughs> What's after you? Goodness. Well, that's what blessing is. Remember, God created his good. He created his good. He created his good, and then he spoke to it, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. What? More good. Be fruitful, more good. Multiply what? Multiply good. More good. This thing pursues you. Back to Deuteronomy 28. All these blessings. This is a many-sided thing. All these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. We might say, if you receive what Jesus has done for you, right? And you walk in faith and follow the leading of the Spirit, blessed shall you be in the city. Oh, we need to have this on our mind. What about Branson? Town, city. When I'm in Branson, I'm blessed. What about when you get to Springfield? I'm blessed in the Springfield. I'm blessed in the Harrison. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when there's no lights around and no town. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Now let's just stop, just stop. It's easy to say that and it not mean anything to you. Tell me what the blessing of the Lord does. It makes. It's making me rich in the city. It's making me rich in the field. Not just dollar rich. Rich. Every segment. Every aspect. I'm rich 
with light and life and joy and peace. Every good thing. I'm rich with favor. And yes, I'm rich with everything I need. In abundance naturally too. The blessing's making me rich in the city. It's making me rich in the field. Keep on going. Keep on going. Blessed shall you shall be the fruit of your body. That's your children. Your children. Quit saying they're messed up. And say they're blessed. Why? Just by reason of fact of where they came from. They came out of you. They may be acting goofy, but they're a blessed seed. And you're believing God that the Lord's going to enlighten them and they'll wake up to it. Or even if they're doing well, they can come to another revelation of it. And the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle and the increase of your kind and the flocks of your sheep. They're an agrarian society. They didn't have a lot of the stuff that we have today. That was all of their investments and all of their work. The blessing was making the cows to be fruitful and multiply. It was making the wheat and the figs and the olives to be fruitful. Hallelujah. You read read just a little bit later in here. He says, I'll send the rain to you. Can't have good crops without rain. I'll send the rain to you. I'll send it to you in season. What does that mean? No drought and no floods. Right rain at the right time. Anything else is a curse. A drought's a curse. Not God trying to teach you something. A flood is a curse. I don't know why God sent that flood and destroyed all those houses. That's not a blessing. Maybe I guess it was a blessing in disguise. No, 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 no. No. It's a curse. And it can't be God's perfect will for you to have a curse. Verse 5. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. Your basket is what you're operating out of right now. Your store is your backup. Your savings. It's like a savings account, and, excuse me, a checking account and a savings account. It's like operating funds and um, investment funds. What are they? Blessed. Tell me what the blessing does. It's making. It's making. It's making it fruitful. It's making it multiply. It's making it rich. The power is working on me all the time. It's working in my life. So I'm believing right now that the blessing of the Lord makes me rich. In utterance, in revelation, in strength, in grace, makes you rich in understanding, in faith. Come on, can you see this? We're operating in it right now. It makes me rich, rich. We're rich, rich in light, rich in faith, rich in fellowship, rich in ability. Rich. We make no apologies for it. None. (laughs) Keep reading. Keep reading. Blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you go out. Now tell me what that means. What does it mean? See the enemy with so many church going people. Has relegated blessing 
to a side phrase when somebody sneezes. Bless you, bless you. God bless you, a little parrot thing. What do you mean? Are you ministering blessing to them? Then hush. What are you talking about? Don't See, using things like this when it doesn't mean anything is hurting the church. I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed when I come in. Are you? What does that mean? What does it mean? It means the blessing of the Lord is making something happen when I go out. It's making something happen when I come in. It's causing fruitfulness in good things. It's causing increase. It's making me rich. Not just in money, but in everything. It's making me rich. When? When I'm coming in. When I'm coming in. Something's on me. Something's working in me. When I come in. It'll make people smile when they see you. And not know why. Why? Because you came in with life. You came in with some joy. You came in with some peace. You came in with something good to say. You came in with some love. That's riches. 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 What made you that way? The blessing. Same thing that made me a new creature. Same thing that made me righteous. Makes me rich. And the more rich I am, the more I have to give. I I can be a vessel to help make you rich. Right? And the blessing's making me rich when I come in. It's making me rich when I go out. Walking in this is real and tangible. Remember, Jesus told his disciples, when you come into a house, if there's somebody that will receive it there, say, peace be on you. And if they're a son of peace, your peace will rest on them. If not, it'll come back to you. Not everybody will receive it, but there should be something on us, something about us. The Holy Spirit's presence. Thank you, Lord. When we come in, people are glad to see you. Because you're not going to ask them for money. <laughs> you're not going to bug them. You're not going to tell them all your sob stories. You're not going to pull on them. That's not, that's not being blessed. You come in with something good. You're rich with revelation and faith and grace and love. And man, they're glad to see you coming. Because you always got something good to say. And you got revelation and light. You're liable to buy lunch too. I mean, is that right? You just, they just, they're glad to see. And when you go, they see you go and go, man, I like that guy. Man, he's a blessing. Uh, isn't she a blessing? Isn't that great? Why? Because you're blessed when you came in. And you're blessed when you went out. <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep going. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you. Let's just stop right here. You don't have to wait till you see an army with swords and spears. Are there any enemies today? Do you have any spiritual enemies arrayed against you? Well, they better make it light on themselves because if the blessing is working in your life, when they come in to smite you and hurt you, they'll come in one way and they'll flee, run away seven different ways. That's scattered. That's like what roaches do when you turn the light on. They go, (laughs) Didn't the Bible say resist the devil? And he'll what? Not mosey on out. He will flee. That's running. That's running away. 
Why? Not because you're just so amazing after the flesh. It's because of who's in you and what's on you. The blessing is on you. It's making you rich in faith. Rich in the authority of the name. Rich in power. Rich in victory. Rich. I'm rich. Not trying to get rich. I am rich. The blessing makes me rich. And he adds no trouble with it. There's no downside to it. He has no sorrow or grief with it. Woo, glory to God. Verse 18, I mean, the Lord's winding up on it. He says, and the Lord shall command the blessing. Why do you need to say it like that? He's serious about this thing. Command the blessing on you in your store houses. Store houses. And in all that you set your hand to, he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Don't just think Canaan's land, that was a type. This is our land right here. You got land wherever you live, wherever you're part of, if you're written it, if you own it, whatever. He is blessed. The blessing's working to make fruitful and multiply my places, my things, wherever I have any rights or any control. That means the blessing has a right to manifest and to make rich. To make rich. Somebody say make rich. Make rich. The Lord will establish you a holy people to himself as he sworn if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. To mess with you. And the Lord will make you play in case you, you had too much religion and tried to hyper-spiritualize all this. He says the Lord's going to make you plenteous in goods. That's stuff. That's material things. And he says it again. The fruit of your body. Fruit of your cows. Fruit of your ground. Good. Somebody say plenteous in goods. Plenteous in goods. That means you got a lot of stuff. Got a lot of stuff. He Notice he didn't call them bads. Bads, goods, goods. <laughs> People say, "Oh, I don't, I don't want any of this old world's goods." You sure do. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Sure you do. There's a lot of things made in this world you need or could use or would like to have. Say out loud: The blessing makes me rich, plenteous in goods. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heaven, to give rain to your land in his season, to bless all the work of your hand, and you'll lend. How many of you got to have something to lend? Lend unto many, not just a couple, many nations, and you shall not borrow. You got to have extra to do that. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and you'll not be beneath. Why? The blessing made you that way. Made you that way. If you hearken to the commandments of the Lord your God. Which I command you this day. To observe and to do them. Oh somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Is there a New Testament connection to this? Are we just hollering about something. That has passed away. That belonged to a previous time. And error. 
Well, just in case somebody came in late or was sleeping in the first part, go back to Galatians chapter 3. Come on, help me out. Galatians chapter 3. I'm pretty convinced that Galatians is in the New Testament. Would you agree with that? Galatians. Would you agree that this is written to the church? And we're a part of the same church. I mean same gospel, same Holy Spirit, same new birth, same. As the churches at Galatia, Ephesians, Colossians, churches at Corinth, all these guys. And what did he say? Galatians 3, are you there? Verse 7. Know ye, don't think it, know it. That they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Somebody said, that's me, that's me, that's me. The scripture foreseeing that God had justified the heathen through faith preached the gospel to Abraham and said, in you shall all nations be blessed. Now that's power to bless all nations. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Is that you? Is that you? Is that you? Somebody say, I am of faith. I am a believer. And I am blessed with faithful Abraham. I am. I am. Verse 13. Verse 13. Christ, read it out loud. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For as it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on. Who? 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 Not to have to trace your lineage back to Jewish heritage. Gentiles. 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 That's us. Might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. It's all because of him. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 29. Verse 29. Verse 29. And if you be Christ. Just in case you didn't get it. I'm going to say it again a little bit different way. If, if you are in Christ. Are you of faith? Are you a believer? Are you in Christ? He keeps saying. He's talking about the same thing. Then are ye. You might say. Then you are. Abraham's seed. Oh. That's directly connected to Genesis 12, what we read. Then you are Abraham's seed. Won't you go back there, read in Genesis, and ooh and ah, and salivate about how blessed he was? And go, oh man, wish I could be rich like that. Oh man, wish I could have that kind of victory. Oh man, wish I could be the friend of God. Oh man, wish... Do you have faith in Christ? Then you are Abraham's seed. And the blessing God spoke over him and to his seed, singular, now belongs to you and me. Is it true or not? We're heirs according to the promise. Come on, say it out loud. Abraham's blessing blessing is mine. mine. 
The curse of the law law. is not mine. mine. Abraham's blessing blessing is mine. mine. And the blessing of the Lord Lord makes me me rich, rich. makes me me fruitful, fruitful. and increases me. me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody.